This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall, the teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars, and that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal, soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt. What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowan, and we are back talking about the NBA season resuming in the bubble in Orlando. With me today is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? It's going very well, Justin. Um, I'm starting to get the, the, the tingles. Uh, the game's coming back soon. We're like two weeks away. You're feeling really it in excited. your plums now? You're feeling, feeling it in the plums? Feeling it in my plums. All right. That's what I like to hear. And we are very, very excited to be joined by friend of the podcast, James Hollis. You may know him as Snotty Drippin' on Twitter. James, how's it going, buddy? Terrible job not tagging me on the tweet because I would have put this out and we would have had a whole bunch of people watching. So. What do you mean? I, ta- <laughs> I definitely tagged you on the tweet. Check your ads, bro. I, I literally see the tweet to, in front of my face. How long ago? Uh, I'm seeing 33 seconds, although I can't really, like, I can't judge. I can't speak here at all because you were waiting for the Zoom call. Uh, you were in the waiting room, and I just didn't check the waiting room forever. So I'm an well, asshole. I was, it's it's I was what like I, 20 min- I was I was like 20 minutes late already, so that doesn't really matter. Okay, good. I, I wasn't sure how much time uh, you were sitting there waiting. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I just, before we start, I do want to say I was out of town um, the first time leaving the province in months uh, over the weekend. So I was just catching up before we started uh, recording. Um, I know you and your family went through a very difficult situation with your sister, and I'm very glad to hear that uh, she's doing well. Um, so really, really happy to, to hear that things are okay. Is, is there any updates there? Oh, yeah. So thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I actually had to go home to visit my family. And while I was there, my sister had a heart attack. Uh, I guess she says it's a mild heart attack, but I don't know if you can call any heart attack really a mild one. You know, yeah, so that's, she, that's... Was, she, she was in the hospital for a couple of days. They had put a stent in her. Uh, she had an artery that was 70 percent blocked. They had to put a stent in. And uh, but no, she's home chilling. Like, you know, she just sent me a picture. My mom's there having a margarita. She's recuperating at my mom's house. So she's good. Well, shit, that's good to hear <laughs> i'm yeah, glad right. that uh i'm glad that everything's okay um and on a much lighter note uh here's my definitive proof on the stream five things we're looking forward to with snotty dripping i see a tag it's right there 
So uh, I uh, I'm not a crazy person, and that's really what I'm here to prove. Every yeah, but I'm day. I'm already on the phone, so I can't retweet it to my thirty thousand plus followers. Oh my goodness, that's this fair. That's fair. I I appreciate the flex, and that is a very fair excuse. It's a nice Someone that likes camera. to make excuses, that that is something that I'm uh, I'm all for. Uh, so we're kicking things off. We're doing a little bit of a theme episode here. Uh, top or not top five things, but five things we're we're looking forward to with the NBA resuming. Uh, James, we'll, we'll start with you as our guest. Um, what what's one of the things that with the NBA season restarting you're looking forward to? I mean, uh, for me, it's the two J's. I'm a Celtics fan, so I want to see Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum get back to work. J- uh, Jason Tatum was in the middle of like the best streak of his career, like a superstar turn. Uh, let's see if he can keep that momentum going. Uh, Jalen Brown didn't make an all-star team, but he was still averaging 20 points a game. Um, he had some nagging injuries toward the end of the season, too. So um, um, I would love to see how he, he bounces back now he's healthy. And also, as a Celtics fan, uh, well, that's, that's my two things. I'll start with that. So the two J's, Jalen Brown and Jason, and, uh, Jason Tatum, that's the first thing I'm looking forward to seeing. The one thing about those two that I'm, like, interested in is, like, so to, and part of my brain says they still have to, like, prove themselves, but, like – they have done this before. Like they made a conference finals. Um, do you do you feel like they still have like stuff to prove as as a duo? Like because like part of my brain still is like a little like thinking like that was like a, not fluky, but like it it felt weird at the time and like felt like kind of like a crazy confluence that got them to the conference finals in the first place. Do you feel like they still like have to actually legitimize themselves as playoff performers? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that was nice, but I think uh, Jalen Brown led them in that series averaging like 19 a game. Mm-hmm. I think Tatum, Tatum averaged like 16 or 17 a game that series, and they didn't win anything, right? Uh, Kevin Durant and Russ Westbrook got to the finals in 2012, but they had a lot more to prove as, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, we made the finals, but you gotta, you got to win. you got to keep consistent. So, yeah, I think Jason, uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have a lot to prove because yeah. – uh, after the Kyrie fiasco, uh, you know, they want to show, hey, we can we can do better than we did last year with uh, Kemba Walker and a change in the chemistry. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. You got a lot to prove. It's funny because that actually ties into one of the five things that I had, which is what Brad Stevens is going to do with the, the weapons that he has and the opportunity. Um, I was talking about this earlier today on Twitter about how – Tatum and Brown, I, I think you can make a very, very good case that they are the, the best young uh, duo of wings in the NBA. Like, uh, w- when you're talking about 25 and under, like, they, they are really, really good players. Jalen Brown was probably the better of the two to start the season. And then without a drop-off, Tatum surpassed him and was really playing at um, a real star-level tier uh, towards the end of the season. So I think it's going to be really interesting because with – this being basically its own entity, the, this whole bubble season. I don't think it's actually really connected to last year. I think it levels the odds. Like I, I think more teams are, have a shot at pulling off an upset and, and winning a championship uh, than they would in a normal circumstance. And I really think it's going to come down to how guys are able to gel together, uh, what adjustments coaches make. And, and for me, I don't think anything that happens – in the playoffs would change how I feel about Tatum and Brown. I, I think they're, they're both at a very, very high level and I'm excited for their future. But I, I do think that this is a real opportunity for Brad Stevens to show what he's made of because adjustments are just going to be so important. 
Well, it's funny that you say that because for me, one of my three things is figuring out, is seeing which of the young stars are up to the task mm-hmm. um, and who's who has holes in their game that's going to be exposed. Like, I think Jalen Brown is a really good fit there as like the guy who has continued to expand his off the bounce game every single year. But like, I still in my, in my, like the deep recesses of my brain think, um, I don't know if it's like, if he's a legit scorer or, or he's a, he's a regular season scorer who can like take advantage, who's, who's, Gotten better as a shooter, gotten better as a finisher, but as a guy who can attack a, a set defense, I, I still don't know yet. And I think that's kind of like he, – he kind of fits in that realm of young guys that I just don't know if I, I – I'm very excited to see how they perform. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just talked about him averaging 18 a game in the playoffs two years ago. So, I mean, I don't know what – But I want – but, like, is he going to get up <laughs> – but is he going to get up to, like, 25? Because, like, you know, role players drop off, stars. Have but, I mean – so here's the thing. You're, I think what you're asking for is kind of unrealistic because Kemba Walker is on that team. That's fair. Gordon Hayward is on that team. So I think Tatum might have taken over as the tip of the spear. But to expect Jalen Brown to average 25 a game with all the, all the other weapons, like, that's a little unfair. I guess I, it's I, not an expectation of, like, that specifically. It's just, like, is he going to be someone who – is he going to be clearly, the, like, the second best player on a team that can make a run? Mm-hmm. Like, and I think he probably can, um, mm-hmm. I, I think really highly of Jalen. So I'm not trying to like set him up for some expectation that then if he doesn't get, he, he fucked up. It's more like it, it is who's going to like blow me away with how they perform in this postseason. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm, you know, who I'm really interested in on the young guys uh, principle is someone like Luca. Like Luca is like someone we just all assume is going to kill it. But like, I think we've seen him play against some, some of the elite defenses and, kind of struggle with dudes who can body him a bit. Um, and I I think, like, I'm just interested to see if, if everything translates for him. Um, and, like, I just feel like a, we just have a lot of young teams in this playoffs that are going to really be challenged for the first time or, uh, you know, with, with a lot of expectations on them. And I'm just really excited to see who, who like, just blows our minds and, and carries uh, and then who maybe welds a little, a little bit. I would be shocked if Luca really struggles because uh, I think we saw him. I was one of the original Luca haters as far as <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a Euro. Uh, oh, sure. Like, um, was it Jan, Jan Vesely won like a, a MVP over there or something? I'm like, oh, so uh, he's true. He's proven me wrong at every angle. Um, but it's, it's his first playoff experience in the NBA. I wouldn't be shocked if his numbers dipped a little bit and it was a little less efficient, but at the same time, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm going to back Luke on that one. I, he, he turned me to a believer. Yeah, well, I, I'm curious, uh, backing what Carter is saying, I, I think there might be some of a drop-off. Like, this is still his first time in the NBA playoffs. I think I mean, he's a he, foul drawer. Yeah, I, I think if he's going game. to have a drop-off, it's going to be similar to the quote-unquote drop-off that James Harden has had in the playoffs where, okay, the game's called a little bit differently. Um, his outside shot, even though he shoots it at a high volume, um, it, it just it isn't at a great percentage. Um, so it, I, I can see a little bit of a drop-off. I don't expect him to be ineffective. Um, but I'm, I'm actually more curious what guys like him, uh, Jalen Brown, who we talked about earlier, how they're going to fill in the gaps. Are they going to rise to the occasion and start to do the little things that win you a playoff series that don't necessarily show up in a box score? Because that's the thing, especially for players 
that young. I mean, God, Jalen Brown's still just 23 years old. Like that, that's absurd. Luke is obviously just in his second season. Um, to to see how ahead of their years they are when it comes to making those winning plays and, and doing all the little things, um, and, and stepping up from a leadership standpoint, I, I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, that Jason Tatum's still only 19. You know, yeah, so, uh, exactly. He's, he's, he's only 17. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. You're like talking about the little things. I'm almost thinking like the big things, like the person, like, like, I don't know if Siakam still counts. Um, I feel like he kind of does in this conversation just because he was so clearly not the number one last year and he is this year. Um, but he really impressed. He blew me away in last year's postseason. And I'm just wondering, like, is that someone who we're going to see just fucking wreck people just like he did all season? Or if we're going to see some regression there without Kawhi to, I mean, break break hearts in, in crunch time every single game. Well, apparently, Mark Gasol is looking like prime Mark, and he's uh, he's definitely he's he was on the same Jokic diet. Um, so that that'll be interesting to see uh, what he can bring to the table. Because I mean, really, like he's still. Uh, Centers can age well, and especially in a playoff series where um, things are kind of shortened down to small sample size. Like, I, I think I still believe in him as a 16 game player. So, Toronto's going to be really interesting. And they're another team along with um, Boston where it's like, all right, let's see how those coaches do. Let's see the adjustments they make um, and whether or not the, the continuity they have is going to pay off. James, uh, what, what's the next thing that you have on your list uh, for things that you're kind of looking forward to? Uh, so this is such a weird thing because uh, this is unprecedented because we've never seen like say you had a, a championship bout and it's going seven it's in round seven and they just stop it for two weeks and let the both boxers let their body rest and get back in shape and come back to finish the fight that's what this feels like yeah uh, so much of the NBA season as we've seen LeBron James is a great example is a grind right the fact that he can get through eighty you know he'll play seventy five games sit him a couple. But get to the game, and at the end of the season, he just has a little more juice in the playoffs than the other guys somehow. And, and it's just amazing to watch. But this is going to be such a strange thing because everyone's going to have juice. Everybody's rested. There's no – like, it's been a full offseason, plus then some. And, and it's uh, – I almost don't like it, but I'm excited to see it because I think a lot of times we've seen the playoffs, guys have been – Harden. Harden's a perfect example. Harden's been worn down by the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The playoffs, he's, he's, he's exhausted. You can see it. Uh, and so now we're seeing the best of the best, fully loaded, and even if they're not maybe athletically, you know, up to speed yet, they're going to be fully rested. So uh, I'm going to see how that impacts the playoffs. Does it help a guy like LeBron James, who's known for his stamina and his playoff push, or does it help uh, like the younger teams? Are they going to be more spry? So uh, I, I guess just energy levels. We're going to see the different energy levels uh, across the league. Dude, this is actually – that's the number one on my list. Um, I, I skipped around to get to, to my young players. But uh, it's who does the – like, like who actually benefits from this layoff and then this format? Because I've seen a lot of people suggesting that someone like LeBron, who, you know, doesn't get a lot of rest in his career, just got three months to kind of re-regulate, get back to, back to you know, peak freshness. But – I remember I was listening to, and you know, I'm sure a lot of Bron haters will will crack jokes at this, but a lot of uh, uh, I, I remember I was listening to him on road tripping uh, with uh, Channing and RJ, and he's like, "Man, it, it's hard. It takes me a long, a much longer time to get into condition than it used to. Mm. Like, it takes me a long. Like, 
it's an old engine. It takes a minute to get rev, revved up fully. And I'm wondering, and this is a little bit more of a dark side of things. I know we're mostly talking about the positive, but like, I'm wondering what kind of injuries we're going to see of guys just revving up too hard, too fast. I mean, eight games is not a lot of runway for playoff basketball. So I'm really fascinated to see in my brain. I know a lot of people are talking about the Marcus Halls, the LeBrons of the world. I'm thinking with a guy like Giannis, who is always pr- like probably one game away from being back into peak condition. Yeah. I feel like the young, like genetic freaks of the NBA are, are the ones who are going to have an advantage, but we have no clue. And I'm really excited to see, or, you know, I don't know if excited is the right word, but I'm really interested to see kind of what this, what this is because there's no frame of reference. I mean, hold on about LeBron James taking time to get revved up. Did he get a new HGH supplier or? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, this is was there a, like a different supply chain or something? Because I'm pretty <laughs> sure the deliveries come on time, you know? J- James, it, this was on LeBron run media. So we have to. Oh. We have to yeah, yeah, we're, we're, yeah. We're, we're talking about this. And, th- and functionally, gotcha. people would probably say we're LeBron run media. So I, I would say so, yeah. <laughs> we're Actually, in Clutch's pocket, baby. You know I what? wish we were. It, it's funny because that uncertainty. You know, it's. I, I think you're right. I, I think guys like Giannis are, are going to benefit more. Uh, it's also going to be interesting that teams that are trying to get into the playoffs, although there's not that many that have a real chance at getting in, um, those guys are going to have an edge. Like, they're, they're going to be playing hard in those eight games leading up to it, whereas the Lakers might just be like, okay, we'll, we'll try to stay healthy. Uh, let's get back into shape. Let's use these teams to just, these games to just kind of dick around. Um, but that might not really be an option. Like, what happens with Kawhi with load management? It just it makes this very, very unpredictable, which is fun. Yeah. I mean, we always see every season, the first 20 games of the season, right? Uh, there's always a team that takes off and then falls back to the where it's supposed to be. A team that starts slow and builds itself back up. Well, now there's eight games. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we know veterans like to kind of ease into it. They don't have that luxury. So, yeah, uh, I, I'm really concerned about the injuries. That's an interesting point because I think – I don't know if you guys remember after the lockout season, we, we did have a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, pull muscles, a lot of pull groins. Uh, guys were really at the ice because it takes a toll. So, yeah, this will be interesting to see. I, I think that's going to be – like, the next two weeks are interesting because it, it's basically if they can get everybody into the bubble, uh, it's that transition period where if they can do that and nobody brought it in with them, they're, they're going to find out in the next couple of weeks. Um, so once they get past that point, it's way less likely that there's going to be some massive outbreak that takes it all down. The, the injury aspect is really, really interesting because it's, I think that's going to be a massive threat for these guys. And it's going to make this really an unpredictable, which feeds into one of the, the kind of five things I'm looking forward to, which is gambling Twitter having meltdowns. Um, like, I, I don't know how the hell you bet on this bubble. It just, <laughs> it adds just another you do your best, layer. Justin. What's that, Carter? You, you do your best. <laughs> you do your best, eh? Okay. Uh, well, if you're a degen like Carter, I, I guess you, you're still going to uh, bet anyways, and you're, you're going to find reasons uh, to spin this as being more exciting Dude, and, and I'm not pound, more risky. I'm pounding unders. I'm pounding every, to- every under total. Because there's no way this is going to look good for the first eight games. You know what? That That's not a bad idea. And that is some solid gambling advice that you can use and apply to our partners at Bet Online. Because sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. There's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. 
get in on the action of this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your team to come back? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Justin, was that really one of your five, or was that just a segue? That that was one of my five, but I did it in mind that I could kind of transition to the ad read there. Seems like bad right. faith, bad faith behavior, but it's fine. That was, that was, <laughs> I, I'm going to give him props on the clean segue. That was a really clean segue. J- Justin really, uh, it, this is Justin's biggest game. Is he he comes up with the cleanest fucking segues, and then I ruin the back half. Yeah, it's, I and I, I like it. I, I think it's a formula that works. James, yeah, we I actually inspired so. a podcast that it only does ad reads. <laughs> yeah, it, it's as weird as it sounds. <laughs> no, is there? It, there's not really a podcast like that, is there? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah the ad the whole pre- the whole premise is that it's just a bunch of fake ad reads with oh. no actual with no actual content. Um, because you do segways after segways and segways and segways into fake stuff. Yeah, but it's pretty fucking weird. I, I honestly, I don't know if it's forever. <laughs> I, I haven't caught up in a, in a while. <laughs> it is one of the most abstract things, but apparently we inspired it with our ad read, uh, ad read uh, uh, cadence. So well, good, good job, Justin. You actually inspired some, some more terrible things. Thank you. That's, uh, that, that's really what I'm out here trying to do. We don't call um, him the worst on- guy on Twitter for uh, no reason. Yeah. Very on brand. Very on brand. Yeah, absolutely. James, uh, what else are you looking forward to with this uh, restart? Well, I mean, we know there's a – this is very – it's going to be really cliche because there's three guys, right? Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron James. And they're all kind of vying for, like, the king of the hill right now. And um, I, that's – I want to see that. I want to see each one of those guys trying to put their imprint on these eight games. And then, you know, you want they want to make the – who has a signature out of those three – and then if somebody else swoops in, who has a signature playoff run, right? Because uh, we know Giannis kind of seems like he has the easiest, quote, unquote, easiest path. No, no disrespect to the Raptors, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, missing Kawhi is a big thing. Uh, we know the Celtics are, are deep, but they don't have, like, a top 10 player, and that kind of matters in the playoffs. We'll see if they can get together. I, I have faith in them, but we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, Giannis is – Giannis is – who's going to stop Giannis? Uh, where are Kawhi and, and LeBron going to meet? You know, we want to see that conference final. So, that's that's you know it's I know it's a lot about narrative, but they're all three great players. And they do it such different ways, so I'm excited to see. Well, I think that's actually exciting because I I completely agree, and I think that there's so many people that are so ready to get ahead of this by saying they they you know that want to asterisk this shit, and like I I didn't end up writing this down as one of my five, but like one of them was just like, am I gonna give a shit? Because I'm pretty sure I'm gonna give a shit. Like I think there's there's some line of thinking that's. You know that they've pre asterisked this and are like minimizing it already. And in my in my brain, I'm I'm starting to like think about. I, I think when the you know the tip happens, people are going to be surprised at how much buy-in they have and how much they kind of start to think about this kind of stuff. Because I I do think this these kind of runs matter. Like I'm not asterisking bad performances, you know, injuries or uh, or health aside. Um, but like I think this kind of stuff matters and are, is gonna if LeBron wins another title or Giannis goes on a crazy run and just beats the shit out of everyone and goes like prime Shaq in 2000 Lakers fashion, 
I think that's going to actually affect their legacy. So I think this is a very good call. I know you called it cliche, but I actually, given the circumstances, don't think it is. So my question to you, Carter, what if LeBron does that, but let's say Giannis uh, misses the end of his series because, knock on wood, he gets, he gets COVID. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I, I, I've given this a lot of thought, and I just feel like we don't do that. Like, everyone says that they asterisk seasons, but they don't. Like, when mm-hmm. we go to the end of people's playoff, when, we, when we're evaluating Hall of Fame candidacies um, or, or whatever it may be, like, did you – like, I forgot that one of the Heat's titles was in a lockout season. Yeah. But it had a lot of weird shit uh, in it. Uh, you know, it's just, like, they won the title. So, like, whatever happens. And, like, even though people want to asterisk 2015 for the Warriors, I don't really think people do. I think it's more a Cavs thing, mm-hmm. Cavs fan thing where they are being, like – defensive or whatever but i like snotty do you do you asterisk 2015 for the warriors but but that's apples and oranges right because that's Mm -hmm. yeah is it injuries injuries sickness i don't know i think it's not that different uh i mean because a leg break is part of basketball you know uh, the way that that Kyrie got hurt is part of basketball i know that people say with kevin love how he got hurt obviously whatever but that's that's on the basketball court that's another thing when there's a pandemic going on and you got mm-hmm. players getting wiped out by the pandemic. You know I guess well, I, I think so it's I saying. think it's just as likely for someone to go out and get hurt though. Um, That's my of thing. The bad luck is bad luck is bad luck. Now if, yeah. if, if there's but, a crazy my if, my, go ahead. If, if there's a crazy thing that like knocks out a whole team or like Chris Middleton, Giannis and uh, you know, Bledsoe, whatever it is, if like it like there is a tipping point for me that has to hit but like at some point like i don't know i don't ask chris the raptors <laughs> like and like they oh i do. They got as lucky as you can get like <laughs> i don't know man i just feel like i feel like that's the shit we do right when it happens and then eventually they just were the well, champions well isn't that the thing like my problem is the people that already want to assign an asterisk to this like don't yeah, do that on the assholes. front end let's see what happens and then go from there um what i do find interesting uh james is when you're mentioning um that i i know it's a, a narrative thing it's kind of funny how that's kind of become like a dirty word like that that's the reason we get invested in sports like we we mm-hmm. love the story behind it and so much of the narrative hasn't been about the actual games and I, I think it is going to be about the games here i think it's going to be who can overcome adversity um who's going to rise to the occasion and as long as n- like no major players get wiped out either by injury or, or the virus like to me it's it i I have a tough time on the front end going to this with the expectation. Well, I'm not going to count whoever wins this championship. Like I'm going to need to see what the actual results are and how they got there. The only reason I would say I kind of, I don't agree with the asterisks. You're absolutely right. Right. I think both you guys are right. Like it's dumb to put asterisks on it. They're playing, they're playing no matter what happens. Now the part about the seven rounds in, you take a two week break kind of changes the whole formula. So I'm not saying it's an asterisk. Oh, yeah. I, I can see I, where they're coming from, right? I, 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 like I said before, I don't count this as part of last season. Like, this this has so little to do with what happened last season. But right? it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You say you don't count it, but, like, that's how it's going to count. This is no, I, I know season. I get that. I get that. You know, so so it's weird. It's a very, This is a very unique time that we're, we're getting <laughs> to be uh, observed here. So, it's yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all uncharted territory. I get it. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's, let's refocus uh, on, on our top five. 
uh, and I'll, I'll pick up the ball and run with it. Uh, my, my third one that I'd like to get out is watching the 76ers figure it out or die trying. Um, yeah. Because that is like, that's still like, I don't know, if you guys were handicapping uh, who's uh, coming out of the East, who is your second favorite after Milwaukee? Because for me, might still be Philly, and I know that's stupid, but I can't, I can't shake them in my brain. I can't quit them. So Justin. for me, it's probably Toronto with Boston just slightly behind them, then Philly. Like to me, Philly, I, I have fourth. Because have you given up on them, or do you just think they don't deserve to be for the doubt anymore? Um, bit of both. Like here's the thing: I I think moving Ben Simmons to the four which they're apparently doing in practice right now is something that's long overdue. Like that has always been a role that made a lot of sense for him. Um, just because LeBron is able to play point guard doesn't mean that he isn't defending fours and effectively playing as a four when it comes to the playoffs. Um, that has always been the thing that made sense. But the problem is they went into this season and their money is allocated so that they were starting two power forwards and two centers. Uh, along with Josh Richardson. I know that they can stagger them or what. Why did we believe in them? Why do I still believe in them? <laughs> I don't know so why. Stupid. Don't don't do don't say we you got a mouse <laughs> in your pocket. No, no, no. That's that's not what this is about. Like that that is a very but poorly it, constructed roster. Whereas I think Boston and Toronto have rosters that make sense, coaches that I believe in more. Um and I, I just think that they have more continuity and that's going to be absolutely essential when it comes to overcoming the challenges of this bubble so i like justin you're you talking right now like sex to my ears i love philly slander <laughs> i gotta say carter though so i'm gonna give you this carter um you believe in them because they have two all-stars uh one of them a superstar level a uh, uh, superstar level type player in mb who can literally change the game by himself when he at his, when he's playing at the top of his game there's very few in the, in the in the league who can probably impact the game the way he does um, so there's that, uh, and, uh, Simmons is such a matchup nightmare for other guards and the perimeter players. And he, he guards the perimeter. I hear what Justin, you're right. Cause he can guard power forwards, but guess what? He'll be guarding the perimeter. And, yeah. uh, he's a, he's a nightmare in transition. Um, and then they can go so big that they can really junk it up against, you know, a smaller team and really make life hell for a team that has an undersized power forward or whatever. But Justin, like you said, they got a hundred. They're gonna. I, I guess is is uh, Al Horford gonna come off the bench now? You know, <laughs> uh, Tobias Harris is a good player. He's getting max money, and you know, we, we, what's happening right now? So I always um, feel like he's. I always feel like he gets a bit of a tight butthole when it's time to make he, a big shot. Absolutely, Tobias Harris is a guy who I understand. I we could all say we understand why they paid him, but I'm so glad we didn't have to. I, my team didn't have to make that decision, and I would want them <laughs> not to man. <laughs> right so it's like uh they don't have enough shooting that's why i'm with justin i don't really believe they don't think they have enough shooting and i feel like yeah they don't have the wings to stagger right like they did yeah. I, I like cork Maz. i i think he can give them good stuff but like they don't have the wings to play ben simmons at the power forward full time and like it's it, it's going to be awkward and i i just I think that that's going to be something that ends up undoing them in the playoffs. And, and we still have to deal with the fact that Embiid has dropped off in the playoffs. Like I, I know he still put up numbers last season, um, but the efficiency really dropped off. And I, I know they saw Al Horford lock him up and thought, okay, well, we got to get Al Horford. If 
Al Horford, playoff Al Horford is your issue. You got bigger problems than trying to acquire Al Horford. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to need to see a playoff series from him. He's a guy. You talk about someone who might really benefit from this layoff. It might be yes. him. Because he runs out of gas fast. Yeah. Well, apparently he's a little overweight, right? Oh, is he overweight right now? I think so. Ah, well, fuck. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> is, hold on, quick, real quick, Justin. Is that the actual report, or are we? Because I've kind of, well, I've been like assuming he's going to show up like heavy, but is that has it been? Reported I, I don't know. I, I've I've seen people reference it. I'm just being a little reckless right now. So, some sloppy journalistic uh, integrity from Justin. I don't know, man. Here's my thing. Like, I remember when the the Butler trade happened. Part of the reason I liked it was that, like, at some point, like he always Butler always felt like a band aid for me, and like. Like, in the sense of, like, yeah, he probably makes them a better playoff team than Josh Richardson and Al Horford. He almost certainly does, actually. But the point of the matter – the fact of the matter is, like, Ben Simmons was either going to have to be able to do this or he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, he's either going to have to figure out how to not be a guy who hides in the dunker spot on every important possession or or he's just not going to work in this current construct and they're going to have to find a new team for him. So, like – I, I really – I think that's why I'm so fascinated is, like – because I do believe in Ben Simmons. I'm very high on Ben Simmons. But, like, there's no real excuses for him right now. Like, they need to – he needs to figure it out. And I'm really excited to see if he can. Mm-hmm. So, my question my question to you guys, how far does Philly have to go in conference the playoffs? Finals. Yeah, conference finals. Anything shorter than that and it's a failure. Uh, yeah. I think the – I think if you're coming from big front of season expectations, it is. Um, I mean, it always depends on how you get there. Like, you know, they didn't make the conference front finals last year, but I almost felt like they might as well have. Yeah. <laughs> like they were, they a were, you know, they yeah, were they, they were, they were a bounce away no, probably from a title. Away. They were like, four bounces away, you know, like, cause I think they, I think that team could have handled uh, Milwaukee. I think they match up really well with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they didn't have Drake on this. Um, well, Drake might've migrated over their sideline to, to mess with the box head. So you never know. Fair. I, I don't know. I guess my thing is I just, I, I know that this is a messy, dysfunctional on-court uh, situation, but the talent, I just can't quit. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I, they're going to be uh, probably my second. Uh, if I had to bet, there would be a second on my odds just because I just can't shake it. I just cannot shake the talent level. Mm-hmm. I have two things that oh, wow. are coming from a hating standpoint. One, we, we don't really yes. have to go in depth on, but the Mitchell, the Mitchell-Gobert dynamic is going to be really fun to keep mm-hmm. an eye on. I'm really, really going to be curious. Every to see how side that's going. eye, every side eye, or like when he goes like that, you know, arms in the air and shrug and jog back down court. Ooh, it's mm-hmm. going to be so fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm also looking forward to Kyle Lowry with responsibilities in the playoffs again. Um, I'm, he was obviously very, very good in that run, uh, but now he's shifting from third or fourth guy. Uh, best guy on any given night to once again kind of being in that second or third uh, behind Siakam and arguably Gasol if he's playing at that high of a level, uh, assuming he kind of rises to that playoff level. So I'm going to be curious to see how Lowry does it, if he kind of reverts to kind of the the old issues that he had. Um, but he's definitely one of those guys I, I think that benefited from the time off because that's a guy that gets bumps and bruises, take charges all season. Um so he should be fresh and ready to go, if I had to guess. So Toronto guys told me that Kyle Lowry is their best player. 
Yeah. Um, and and so we shall see. That's like you said. It's one thing to play off of a superstar like uh, like Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs, which we saw. Uh, I think Siakam benefited from that, and Kyle Lowry benefited from that, right? Now it's going to be the focal point is I guess I can say I come to score. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. And to piggyback off that, Jokic and the Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets fans, the Nuggets guys have been telling me this is their year every year, and then it's not their year. Yeah. Uh, so Jokic. That that was eight. the last one on my list too. Is Jokic and the Nuggets because they're they're like them and the Bucks are the two kind of examples we have of organic teams. Like they're they're the mm-hmm. only teams really built in an old school way. And what you expect is that OKC progression, right? You you come up short, you improve internally, and let's see what happens next. So uh, for to see whether or not they can build off of what they did last season, and especially with all the talk of, okay, this is – is Jokic the, the best center in the league? Um, Top just, five player. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have to prove it in the playoffs. You have to at least get to the conference finals, in my opinion – um to, before you firmly entrench yourself into that superstar tier um so if they can kind of take advantage of the playing field being leveled uh with this whole restart um i i obviously think they're behind both la teams but i i think that they have a better chance now with the current situation than they would have had in, under normal circumstances so whether or not they're able to capitalize on that is going to be super interesting to me Bro, it's so weird to me that that I because it's funny. I feel like I'm pretty confident in Jokic. Last year's playoffs actually really did a lot for me on mm-hmm. his ability to hang on defense. And I was worried. I remember last year going to the playoffs. It was like, is all the cute shit gonna work? Um, <laughs> and it did. I, I really do think it. I think he was still super effective. He was posting triple doubles. He was he was really the only thing that had, they had going at times. So. I actually have no real concerns about Jokic, who I'm really excited to see on this team is Michael Porter Jr. And if Malone actually trusts him in the playoffs, because they just on occasion, they just don't have the bucket getters. Um, Like Murray runs so hot and cold. And then Barton was basically a non-factor in last year's playoffs. And it just feels like they need someone to show, like they need someone to take, like, I don't think they have a second star on that team. So they need at least two to three guys to take, mini star leaps you know like not i don't know if this is a perfect analogy but like like 2011 dallas where like kid found found some crazy run uh you know uh terry found some crazy runs uh they had they got like crazy performances in weird places and i i feel like that's denver's best path to success so it's not so much uh, like I'm, i'm not like uh doubting Jokic. I just I'm, – I'm on some hater shit, too, and I'm tired of them telling me how great he is. I should appreciate him. And they told me Jamal Murray was better than Jalen Brown. They told me no. Gary Harris was better than Jalen Brown. <laughs> so, I love seeing the Nuggets fail. So, I'm, I'm pulling for them to fail is what I'm saying. Jokic, I can begrudgingly respect him. I don't like to watch him. I think he looks like a, like an, like a, like a goof. He looks like an idiot on the court. But it's effective. I want to see. He fans. looks like the host virus for for all of this. <laughs> like with him running his nose, like that has to be an advantage in the playoffs because it's going to be on everyone's mind. They're going to see people wearing masks, and then you got this guy just pouring snot throughout a playoff. Just packed, packed sinuses <laughs> at all times. <laughs> oh man, that, I don't oh, know that if that guy. team needs another star or a neti pot. I can't stand that fucking guy. <laughs> all right, Justin, what else you got, or should I pick it up? 
You you pick it up because I've already right. worked through my five here. Oh wow! You, you well, one of yours was a cheat. Uh, my uh, my next one is uh, figuring out whether small ball is still going to be the break glass in case case of emergency option for teams. Um, there's a lot less small teams out there than we're used to seeing in the playoffs. And I'm trying to figure out if we are actually going through a paradigm shift where, you know, moving, uh, moving every power forward and center out of the lineup um, is, is going to still be what works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we saw Houston quadruple down on that. Um, but it's still been kind of like, I think we're all still kind of assuming that's what the Lakers are going to do when push comes to shove, if they get challenged. Yeah. Um, I think we're assuming that's what the Bucks are going to do. I think like, I just wonder if these teams are going to stick to their guns and stay big. Um, because we, the, like I, we've talked about it a lot in this podcast because we always talk about Kevin Love and how he's less of a liability than he was even three years ago, just because there's more power forwards and centers to guard than, than uh, there have been in the last couple of years. Like teams are playing big, especially at the contender level. Um, so I'm really interested to see if, Lakers uh, and even the Clippers, who could go small ball pretty easy, will will stick to playing a big uh, in all their lineups. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I I still don't know what to make of Houston. I mean, obviously, you you no, now up in the air with uh, Russ and Harden not being with the team right now. Uh, Russ with coronavirus and Harden supposedly d- does not have it, but um yeah Do we know that, why he didn't come yet i'm not too sure i, I don't think that's been reported okay i yeah, never know anything that. anymore james <laughs> i just um justin's breaking news to me on the pod every <laughs> single episode let's so see how many guys, lies i can get in I, do you guys what do you guys think he hasn't come i don't know it's weird. well i i assumed jokes. he had the virus i assumed he had the virus i guess that's like, why i thought to I guess, like ultimately, like they're not—they're not obligated to disclose it to us. And like, so in, in my head, it's almost like a hangover-like uh, escapade where he woke up on the in the back of some strip club with like his shoes missing and his phone was broken. So he's trying to find his way back into the city proper and get back with the team. And, he's Rodman missing the team flight, basically. Well, just even worse. Like he's in a different city. Uh, he woke up with antibiotics in his pocket. Uh, you know. It, it was the real last dance uh, of, of the summer. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> do, do we have anything else uh, you guys haven't touched on yet? Yeah, Snotty, you got any left on your list? We, we've been blasting through these. No, see, my last one was just uh, to piggyback off what you said. Uh, the Rockets. Uh, I, I, you know, knock on wood, I want, I, want, uh, I want Westbrook to be healthy. You think but, it's going to work? Well, and that's what I want to see. That's why I'm fascinated to see it because – it worked very well for a short stretch, but I don't know if people remember this. Like the last, I think they lost four of the last five. They lost like the Knicks. They lost, uh, maybe it was like the Charlotte. They had a couple really bad losses to end the season. Same lineups, uh, no center, and they were getting, it looked bad for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I want to see Russ come back healthy and get hard back on the court. I, I want to see how that works. Cause like you said, I mean, the teams like the Jazz are out there, right? They're, they're going to pay max money to a seven foot kind of classic center. Um, a guy like Tristan Thompson is also going to be valuable because he can actually switch out and defend. But, like, right now, uh, it's, it's, it's such a, a, a perfect way to say it, paradigm shift, where yeah. our, cent- our center is going to be around soon. Like, Daniel, Daniel Tice is 6'8", and the Boston Celtics have one of the best defenses in the league. Is he only 6'8"? That feels impossible. 
they, 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 he's been listed. Like I've, I've been hearing, he's like, yeah, he's listed as like six, six ten, but he's really like six eight or six nine. Jesus, I, I thought we got rid of all of that, but man, I, I thought you would have at least be six ten. That's crazy. I so, like yeah. my, my gut instinct with the Rockets is that when teams have more time to prepare for them, uh, it's going to be less of kind of a, a cute novelty that catches teams off guard. Holy shit, Daniel Tice is six eight. That's what he's listed on Basketball Reference. That my God, I thought the Cavs. It's crazy were... if you. Hey. Look at his numbers and look at Al Horford's numbers last year, which I love Al Horford, but you guys used to kill me. And he, like, he, other than the assists, he approximates almost exactly what Al Horford did last year. Oh, he's, he's legitimately very, very good. Like, he's, he, he's a hell of a player. Yeah, I, I don't buy into Houston. I uh, got sidetracked there. Um, I, I think teams are going to be able to scheme and kind of game plan for them. I, I think not having a plan B uh, at the center position is going to be something that ultimately kills them. But it wouldn't shock me if they just absolutely caught fire. I just think they'd have to catch fire for four rounds basically. And that's something that I just don't foresee. I I think of the teams that everybody agrees has a realistic shot, like some chance at a title. I think they're the most vulnerable uh, for an early upset. Yeah. I think that. Sorry. Sorry. I was going to say is that again, we keep saying this, the rest has helped them a lot because PJ Tucker was looking worn down. And Eric Gordon was, you know, coming back from some bumps and bruises. So those two guys are healthy. That raises their floor a lot. But like you said, they're such a volatile team. We'll see if they can, you know, make enough shots and play enough defense to stop a, a bigger a team, a bigger team. Yeah, I think that that is the, the counter here. Because, like, you know, when you watch those first 10 games where they went, like, 8-2 and two or something like that uh, post-Capella trade, it was crazy how much uh, – energy they were expending defensively uh like the scramble is the only way you win small ball right scramble and get away with a bunch of contact because you're playing small and like to that end that is the biggest case for them in the playoffs is they have nothing to lose they can scramble every game they should have a decent amount of rest between each one i think at least one day off no travel um that maybe the fatigue will be less of a factor there and these guys can just go absolutely bonkers, hyper-rotating, getting into passing lanes, bumping guys. Like, maybe the wear down is less of a problem in this space. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I tend to play skeptical with all James Harden and Russ Westbrook-oriented uh, playoff endeavors. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. if uh, We'll see. I'm, I'm really excited to find out. Yeah. Anything else you guys got before I wrap this thing up? My very last one, I think I'm the last one with anything on the list, is how the fuck is this going to look? Are they going to – is it just going to feel like a pickup run on broadcast? It, like, Have you seen the dining halls that they're they're playing in, like practicing no. in? I think it's going to look like that. Well, they're playing at an arena, though. They're playing at the arena at the Wide World of Sports con- Complex. So they're not playing two games at once. Hmm. I, so, I, I thought so maybe like, it was going to be in the dining halls. I, I saw some shit. Uh, there was some Denny highlights. Uh, Denny Advija, or however you, how you say it. Um, he, they had like these giant LED boards that were really distracting and that were blocking the seats. Okay. So I'm really interested to see like, like the NBA has an opportunity to not like remind us that we're playing in kind of a bummer of an empty gym. And I want to really hear one of the saddest things. Have you heard what the NHL is doing? No. They reached out to season ticket holders and asked them to record 30-second clips of them cheering, and they're going to compile that and pump it through arena speakers. 
Well, you know how a lot of these God. leagues are doing it because that's pathetic. Uh, <laughs> what a lot of the leagues are doing is they're reaching out to EA, they're reaching out to 2K, and figuring out what their algorithm is mm-hmm. for uh, crowd noise because the games have gotten unbelievably advanced in like and being able to like fine tune the crowd reaction to context, uh, score differential, et cetera. So, you know, if it's, if you're down 30 and you hit a bucket in 2k, you might not get anything, but if it's a close game and you hit three, the crowd's going to go nuts. Uh, I kind of so, want it to be amped up at all times. Like I, I, just, I want garbage ah! time to just be, uh, just rock the entire arena. So like jock, jock jams playing the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, what I want to find out is like, are they going to give us? Because like you know, like the thing that I keep thinking about is that legendary dream team practice. Uh, that uh, where you know it was Magic versus Michael. They talked crazy shit to each other. I was like, is it gonna feel like that at times? Like like I don't know if you guys are watching any of the the basketball tournament on ESPN, the the big one million dollar winner take all. But you no. can hear guys talking quite a bit. Uh, and I'll be really interested to see see how much we can hear versus how much is going to get drowned out by fake crowd noise and by the commentators. I think Silver already said that they're going to have to uh, pump in, uh, have a, a like a five second tape delay oh, because yeah. they and they said they want the players to start you know be conscious of what they're saying because the mics probably catch up a lot of the trash talk and the, you know get that shit out of here. Yeah, I'm just really interested to see what the what the vibe is on the broadcast. Yeah. I think I think in a lot of ways it's going to make or break this experience because. If they're smart, and the NBA is typically pretty smart with how they present themselves, other than hiring players that tell us the product's terrible um, uh, to be their analysts. But, like, if they're smart, they can make a unique experience that is really fun and isn't just reminding us of what we've lost. Because, like, I think we've all wanted that kind of access. You know, you hear people who talk about who are lucky enough to have courtside seats. They have different insights into what's going on down there and maybe we'll get that vibe i'm just interested what the viewing experience is going to feel like that's kind of my last thing on my list here's one of the rare times where the cfl has it uh is ahead of the nba because they have one night a week where it's live mics and they just give it a disclaimer on the front end so you can hear what the quarterback's saying you can hear them swearing (laughs) you can hear all of that bullshit it is fantastic and i i i miss my uh my weird July football. So um, any, any other uh, parting thoughts guys before I wrap this thing up? That's it for me, man. Thanks for having me on Sonic. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and a big thanks to you to James Hollis. He already flexed on us with his number of followers, but if you're not (laughs) already, don't don't follow him. him. Yeah. You don't don't have to follow him, but if you aren't already, give him a follow at at snotty drip it on Twitter. Uh, you can also check out his Instagram. He, he flexes a lot. He, he's in great shape and makes me feel shitty about not uh, not working out consistently. Yeah, there's there's the flex Jesus right there Christ. for all of our people on Periscope. Massive, massive thanks to a friend of the podcast, James Hollis. <laughs> there, if you want to support our podcast and make us feel better about our flabby bodies, you can do so by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, and resubscribe to help cook those books. And if you want to be part of our exclusive Discord chat, you can send a screenshot of that review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. Big thanks to all of our listeners, our sponsor, Bet Online. Thanks to James. Stay healthy, stay safe. And until next time, go Cats.